0: Just quickly before we get started, I wanted to let you know about a free ebook I wrote a little while back called Engineering Leadership 101, Practical Insights for Becoming a Leader at Any Stage. It shows you how to grow as a leader no matter where you are in your career, the important differences between management and leadership, and it dispels some of the common myths engineers have about leadership. And like I said, it's free. So if you're interested, you can go ahead and download your copy at engineeringandleadership.com Slash leadership one zero one. That's engineering and slash leadership, the number one zero one. This is the Engineering and Leadership Podcast with Pat Sweet, episode thirty six. Welcome to the Engineering and Leadership Podcast, the show dedicated to helping engineers thrive. Today, I speak with Mark Kinsella, VP of Engineering at Opendoor, about how to drive excellence through incredible team culture. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I, of course, am Pat Sweet, and I'm super excited to be back here with you after a short break. Uh, I, I missed last week's regularly scheduled episode because I was out camping with my family and we had a a delightful time and and some great weather for a change so that was super super welcome but great to be back great to be here in my makeshift sound studio uh, to talk to you a little bit about uh, engineering culture so that that's going to be a a lot of fun Uh, and with that let's jump right into the main content for today. Culture is the glue that holds an organization together. It's the set of unwritten, ethereal rules of engagement. It really summarizes how things work around here. Some elements of culture are immediately obvious when you join an organization, while others take a little bit of time to surface. But whether you drive it intentionally or not, culture exists in every organization. And that culture drives performance, both good and bad. My guest today believes that developing culture within an engineering organization is one of the most important things a leader can focus on in order to improve performance and establish that organization as an employer of choice. Mark Kinsella currently serves as Opendoor's Vice President of Engineering, where he oversees the engineering organization, helping to scale the company's platforms and teams. Before joining Opendoor in June 2020, Mark worked at Lyft, where he led driver engineering. In his time at Lyft, he built and led numerous teams and helped the company through its initial public offering. In his career, Mark has taken on leadership roles both at small startups and large companies, and has also worked across the spectrum of technologies from embedded systems to mobile apps. Here is my chat with Mark. Mr. Mark Kinsella, thank you so very much for joining me at the Engineering Leadership Podcast. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Good. Very, very excited about this. Excited. Uh, to dig into a topic, I think that a lot of uh, a lot of engineering leaders get squirmy about <laughs> is, is this idea of culture and the importance of culture. Uh, but before we dig into that, I'd I'd love to know a little bit more about Open Door and and your role within the organization.
1: Yeah, so I'm the VP of Engineering here at Open Door. Uh, at Open Door, our goal is to rebuild the entire real estate transaction from the ground up for the vast majority of the 5 million people who move and buy and sell a home every year. The process is far too complex and time-consuming and our goal is to make it as easy as possible at the tap of the button. And so I lead our engineering org with about 150 people right now striving towards solving that problem.
0: That's quite quite an ambitious project this is like, like like you said just the the volume of transaction is is incredible and and this is for most of us the single biggest thing we'll we'll ever buy and sell in our lives this, this is a big deal
1: yes definitely and that was one of the key things that attracted me to open door it's a massive market a huge decision that only occurs a few times in your life and it's also incredibly stressful and complicated. And so we're trying to make it as easy as possible.
0: So one of the things that uh, I've been looking forward to asking you about, because I, I know what the real estate market has been like in uh, in my neck of the woods. I live in Eastern Canada. Um, and we've actually done a fairly good job, all things considered, in, in weathering the pandemic. And we've seen a massive influx of, of people from across Canada, from across the world, frankly, l- looking to move to the Maritimes, um, what kind of what kind of year has it been for Open Door? I-, I could see it in other parts of the world either really slowing things down or really speeding things up from a real estate perspective. I- I'm sure it was a pivotal year, one way or the other.
1: Yeah, the, you know people need to move regardless of what's happening. Um, people move for personal reasons or for jobs. And so even over the past year during the pandemic, uh, people have needed to continue to move and buy and sell homes. Um, And so it's definitely been an interesting time and also time when, especially as we're talking about culture, it's been really important that, especially within engineering, we're focused on a customer-first mentality and solving the problem for our customers out there right now.
0: So let's get into that a little bit. You've already used the word Culture and, that, and that's what we're here to, to discuss today. Before going too much further, I'd be curious to know what you what you mean when you say culture. What what does that mean to you? What does that mean at Open Door?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely one of those words that means a lot of different things to different people. And so, I like to define culture as two tightly coupled aspects. The first one being the internal values and branding of the engineering team. The second one being the day-to-day processes that define, guide, and reinforce those values throughout the engineering org. So the first one is around kind of what it feels like to work within the engineering org. And the second one being how you actually permeate that throughout the org and the day-to-day for each person in the engineering org.
0: So it sounds like half of it, that first half, would be maybe be a little bit more uh, ethereal, uh, where the second half is something you could actually you could actually capture and, and document and, and point to. I want to pick up on a word you you used here: is that the the branding of the engineering organization? Mm-hmm. That, that's an interesting way to put it. What, what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, um, what I mean specifically by that is your internal values is also reflected externally and vice versa, right? A very strong engineering culture is typically known outside of your company. Mm. For example, at Open Door, I think you know one of our key things that we focus on, I mentioned earlier, customer first and having a, a very strong sense of our business. And that's something that a lot of engineers when we talk to folks externally while they're interviewing, already aware of.
0: So it's it's interesting to me that, um, that you've got this this idea of culture uh, within an engineering organization because I, th- I think a lot of a lot of companies, particularly tech companies, the, the discussion is about culture of the organization as a whole, and that the whole organization would be aligned to the the, the mission, vision, values, how it feels. But you you've really emphasized the engineering organization within Open Door. Why is it so important to you to define and and manage culture at at that level? And and is there a risk at all of 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 culture mismatch between the the engineering team and and the company as a whole? How, how do you how do you navigate that?
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things where the engineering org's culture is a subset of the company wide culture. Right, each informs each other. And I think it's really important to hone in on the engineering or culture because engineers working with cross-functional folks, like this org is the innovation hub of the business and of the company. And it's really important to ensure that every engineer is fully aligned around what are we doing? How are we doing it? And how should I be making decisions kind of on the ground every day?
0: So th- this all this all makes sense, and I, I like this idea of uh, of it being the innovation hub. It's it's the the furnace of the organization, actually creating and managing the the product that you produce. I, I'd like to step back a little bit and ask about your interest in culture in general. I think I think a lot of technical folks, um, yourself included, I understand you've got a, a background in, in computer science. Um. Really focus more on the operations, the nuts and bolts, the, the metrics, the process, and maybe miss, miss the forest for the trees a little bit uh, in terms of establishing a good working culture. What, what, is there a particular lesson learned in your past that, that really emphasized this for you? Where, where does this come from?
1: Yeah, I see this as especially now and especially where you know, more and more people are working remotely. Great engineers and great talent can work on big problems at many different companies. But in some ways, the X factor of what is of what you know keeps engineers moving quickly and can attract high-quality talent is the cultural piece. And so nailing that, I think we'll continue to build an even stronger engineering work.
0: So is Open Door always been uh welcoming and accepting of remote work is that is, is is this a company that has always had that or is this something new driven by the pandemic
1: we have been historically split between three different locations in the u.s and then in the past 12 to 18 months or so we've embraced engineers working throughout the u.s
0: and how do you think that is that's affected culture over that time
1: it's definitely something that you know. I, I keep telling engineers and engineering leaders: we almost need to over-focus on the culture now. Continuing to maintain personal relationships and build new ones as we hire new engineers is even more important now, because you're missing out on those "quote unquote" hallway conversations when you're all in the office or all together.
0: So this is a, a challenge that I personally have had uh, in in hiring new staff and onboarding new staff from from all over the country, and it's particularly difficult for uh, on on the extreme end for uh, interns and co op students who many of them really don't have an appreciation for the working world at all and are being thrown into complex work with tight deadlines, um, and and don't even really get a chance to set foot in an office and, and get a feel for. The place and how things work. So for for folks in situations like this, what, what kind of concrete things might you recommend to help onboard people and help them digest and understand and participate in a particular culture?
1: Yeah, that's very relevant right now, especially since there's a lot of summer interns and we're starting to look toward new grads joining us relatively soon. So two key things that I highly recommend, one of them being have a dedicated, quote-unquote, buddy internally, where this is both the person that you work with on projects and go to for questions, but also kind of that cultural buddy of, oh, uh, is this how we always have all hands? Or what does this acronym mean, right? And so really providing that historical knowledge of the business helps an intern or helps somebody really get up to speed. The second one being specifically for interns and apprentices. Um, we here at Open Door have interns this summer, and we are doing a internship showcase at the end of the summer, where each intern is going to present virtually the project or projects they worked on and be able to answer questions about it. And so I hope that'll be a great way for us to talk about and build connections with each of the interns about the projects they worked on throughout the summer. We're actually doing one at the end and then also one at the mid, the halfway point of an internship.
0: Oh, that's very exciting. It's very exciting and, and, and a good way to celebrate the work that was done over the course of the term where, you know, it's, it's impossible to just pop over to someone's desk and, and take a look over their mm-hmm. shoulder and see what's going on. Um, you yeah. may have noticed me smile a little bit when you mentioned the buddy system. This is something that, that uh, I do within my team as well. And and have had an awful lot of success with it. Um, So I I appreciate bringing that up. That's great. If we turn our attention a little bit to to culture again as, as a as a as a concept what does in your mind what does a great culture look like like, like if you strip away if you strip away the specifics right uh, many, many companies many organizations would have similar values so things like focus on the customer um, is is something that uh, almost any organization should <laughs> have as a as a core value um, but when you step away from the, the particulars what what makes for good culture? Generally, what, what does a good culture look like?
1: Yeah, so at a very high level, people want to work together with smart people on big problems. And so taking that one step lower, I think about a strong engineering culture having four key elements. Strong execution, high impact, teamwork, and quality output. Hmm. All right. So ensuring each of those four pillars is successful is then what builds, especially within engineering or strong culture.
0: Now, is there one in your experience that, that is maybe trickier than the others to, to to really establish?
1: Definitely quality, especially at startups or high growth companies. I think quality is one of the ones that's hardest for people to think about and realize is critical for both now
0: and the long term. So what do you, what do, you do about it? How do, you, how do you reinforce that with your team, the, the, the importance of quality? Because I, this is the answer I, I guessed you would have given. Um, and my hunch is that part of the problem with quality is that it's, it's, it's a word that's used so much, it's almost lost meaning when, when in practice it, it does mean something very specific and it's very important. So what do you, what do you do about that problem?
1: Do less work. And what I specifically mean by that is, you know, a lot of the times you want to have folks be working on as many projects as quickly as possible to get them out the door and that's important right you need to work together you need to drive high impact you need to have high execution but in fact what that means is you're going to spend a lot of time then reactively fixing bugs or fixing low quality work because you've over optimized for speed and execution mm. and so what i specifically mean by do less work what i mean is you know focus on your top priority projects and then build those to a high degree of quality. So then you can move on to the next one even faster.
0: Yeah, I've heard that called the the, the snowball effect. Is you, you once you get something done, re- really truly done done, you give yourself mental permission to move on to the next thing, and and probably over the course of several projects, several tasks, you end up completing the lot of them faster than if you tried to work them all in parallel and and, and just mm-hmm. n- knock them out. Uh, so I, I re- really appreciate that advice. That's great.
1: I think a lot about quality driving speed, right? And I, and I think a lot of folks in some ways think about almost the opposite of true. But if you're delivering high quality projects, then just like you mentioned, you can be driving more output and higher quality output in the medium to long term.
0: Yes, the age-old issue, right? Is is no one feels like they have enough time to do it right the first time, but there always seems to be time to fix it once it's broken. So why yeah. not? Why not take that time up front? If you look at uh, your own culture, if you look at Open Door, um, I think it's I think it's safe to say that that culture and and developing and reinforcing culture is you never you never get to a point where you're you're done. It's a work in progress. It's something that, that you are continuously looking to improve and build upon. So if you look to the future of Open Door as an organization, what's, what's next? What's the next milestone? What's the next level of maturity in terms of evolving your own organization's culture?
1: So as our business continues to grow and scale, we need to scale out the engineering work also. And so going from 100 people to 200 to 300 to 500 people. That's a very different set of areas that we should be focused on to ensure everyone is efficient, working together, collaborating, communicating well. So one of the key things that we really need to start thinking about and focusing on is how we communicate across a much larger engineering org.
0: So what do you what do you expect to change or become obsolete or or have to or have to navigate uh, and, and do differently as as you 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 do hit those growth milestones? What, what do you think what do you think works now that that probably won't in the future?
1: Yeah, you know, I've seen this uh, playbook play out in many other high growth companies. And one of the key things that you need to start embracing is Asynchronous communication, specifically written documentation, um, written architecture reviews. So then instead of having to have synchronous meetings with more and more people, uh, you spend kind of more time at the beginning writing things down. But then the medium to long term, you save a lot of time by sharing things asynchronously and receiving feedback async. Just like our earlier conversation of quality drives speed. Uh, written documentation, uh, written communication is a key way to scale as the engineering work
0: grows. See, this is an interesting problem, isn't it? Because um, between you and I, (laughs) uh, I know written communication is not something I would list as among common strengths with technical folk. Um, Beyond that, I think with remote work becoming more and more and more common, uh, the the need to connect or the desire to connect uh, with people through, if 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 not in person contact, then then video chats or 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 at least the phone. I, I think there will be a temptation to drift more and more and more towards synchronous communication. Um, what what do we what do we do about that? How do we support people who are probably more comfortable speaking than writing? who frankly have a, a, a greater need to connect than ever before and and still and still <laughs> achieve what you need to as an organization that's growing. What, what do you think? Yes. What do you think you're going to do?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. And it's a balancing act for sure, right? Um, you obviously can't over-rotate too much into very, very heavy meeting culture. And then you can't over-rotate to, over- over- too much into No meetings at all. Everything's written down. Hmm. Uh, So I think uh, the balancing act really comes out in terms of there should definitely be those personal one-on-one meetings like you were talking about. And those meetings should be very focused on building personal connections, feedback, etc. While a lot of the projects, project management, architecture, designs, um, engineering design docs, those can and should be moved to written asynchronous communication.
0: Yeah, I think it's the only it's the only practical solution, isn't it? Right, is is to to give well uh, one person access to um, everyone downstream who may need to know what that one person knows at the time they need to know it. It's it it really to, to scale synchronously just just doesn't make sense.
1: And it it accommodates people in different time zones too, and that's. Very important as we continue to move to more of a remote-friendly uh, atmosphere within tech.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's interesting we're talking about this because um, this is all couched in this conversation about culture. But I, I think this is a really good example of, of something that can exist in an organization is a culture of synchronous communication or a culture of written communication. This is just how things work here. And you, you can you can establish an edict. You could say, okay, from now on, only these synchronous meetings are going to happen. Everything else will be written. But but it doesn't just an organization can't turn turn on a dime like that. That's not how it works. People are comfortable operating a certain way. There are unant- uh, unanticipated consequences that that you know may make things worse in some areas. What do you do? What do you do to instigate a significant cultural change like that? How do you How do you approach something like that, such that mm-hmm. th- there's reasonable success, a reasonable expectation of success, without it taking f- forever?
1: Just like I mentioned earlier, of a balancing act, it's a balancing act of somewhat of a "quote unquote" tops down push, but then also bottoms up. And what I mean by that specifically around documentation is you know, myself as the VP of engineering, I know that we need to move more to a asynchronous written communication mode. But I think it'd be a failure mode if then I come out and say, This is how we're doing it, this is the tool we're using, and now everyone start immediately doing it. Right. Right. Instead, we've put together a group of engineers and engineering managers to start thinking about. How does everybody as a group want to move toward asynchronous communication? Get that kind of bottoms-up uh, suggestion and recommendation, and then start permitting that throughout the engineering work.
0: Right. And then and then there's engagement. People people are being heard, their ideas are being implemented. And uh, beyond that, you your team is filled with brilliant people. <laughs> so, yes. so why why wouldn't you engage them in, in conversations like this? One of the things that that has occurred to me, Mark, throughout this conversation is it, it, it's clear to me that um, the development of culture at Open Door is something that you've done intentionally. It, it's, it's very easy for you to frame how you think about culture and what makes good culture. I think that for, for many engineering leaders um, – thinking about their team's culture in in that kind of way is, is probably is probably new. Um, and in many cases, they've probably not thought much about culture and you know are, are occupied and mired in the day-to-day timesheets and vacation requests and 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 uh, raise requests and discipline and, and all the rest. if someone is trying to think their way through what their organization's culture is, as a first step toward de- designing something better. What do you recommend people do to, to, to first approach this and, and really kind of l- look at themselves in the Petri dish? How much you approach that?
1: Well, you hinted at this earlier, but the very first thing is it takes time mm. and mental space to sit down and think about this. Right, This is not a 15-minute thought process Mm -hmm. um so the first one being sit down think about it deeply Uh, the second key piece being engage with engineers and engineering managers of every level of every tenure across the engineering org and one of the key things when i was thinking about engineering org culture at opendoor is i asked every engineer what do you love about opendoor and a lot of the answers pointed to the feeling of working here. And so a lot of that is what then has been, you know part of the open door engineering engineering culture. Um, the last thing I would say is, it's important to then broadcast that throughout the engineering org multiple times, right? Come up with what you think it should be, work on that with others, and then share it broadly and share it frequently.
0: So that's really interesting. Do, do you think you would have come to that same conclusion on your own? Just that the, the importance of the feeling of working there, had you not, had you not asked around? No. Interesting.
1: It's, it's definitely important to engage with everybody, especially me, who, you know, when I joined a year ago, one of the very first things I did was ask people this exact question. And folks have been at open door for much longer than me. They understand what it's what it feels like to work at open door, and they also had great ideas of how we can even improve more and so it's important to engage everybody here and build that culture as an org
0: if If you were to give advice to um, engineering leaders in in uh, other organizations who are maybe looking at their at their culture and, and looking uh, for concrete ideas on, on how to approach um, building a great culture, where can they go? Once they've established the, um, you know, the, the here and now uh, through doing things like, like you said, engaging with the team, engaging at all levels, where do you go from there? How do you take that and, and start taking active steps toward improving or, or going closer and closer to uh, a, a better future state?
1: Yeah, the, the first one is what I mentioned earlier, but identify it and share it broadly and share it frequently to make sure everyone's on the same page. Uh, the second one is shape your hiring and recruiting process to, to ensure that you're building teams with an eye toward that culture that you want to build. Hmm. And the third one being align internal incentives that level up to this culture, and what I mean by that is ensure your career ladders and performance reviews are each connected back to those key pieces of culture that you want to drive throughout the engineering work.
0: That I, I think that I think that makes brilliant sense, right? If, if particularly that, that the second thing you mentioned, hiring people who will fit into the culture or or even pull the culture forward toward where you'd like to be, is this the kind of thing you would literally put in a job ad? Or is it the kind of thing you are, are observing a little more quietly during an interview or, or an internship? What? Uh, how, how, do you, how do you approach that?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing that I reiterate without our hiring and recruiting process is we want a value fit culture ad when it comes to hiring new people. Just like we've talked about, culture is ever changing, ever evolving, and so every new engineer we hire, I want them to be able to continue to add to and improve our culture. Our, our culture. Uh, you specifically asked about kind of how we identify that. For every engineering offsite, we have one interview that's called past project, where we ask them to go over a lengthy project that they've worked on or led. And the goal there is to really dig into what did they do when things went wrong? Hmm. I think that's a key way to see how engineers and see how people react to when things are not going well, what values and what culture do they fall back on to solve that problem?
0: Right. It's a, it's a, a stress test at an individual level. Yeah. Uh, Mark, this, this has been uh, really really fascinating stuff, and I, I really appreciate the the insight, the advice, the the the, the clarity. Uh, I think has been uh, uh, really quite enlightening. If if someone wants to learn a little bit more about Open Door or about you, uh, w- where's the best place for them to go?
1: We have a great engineering blog on Medium, and we post a lot of things specifically around Open Door tech. But even more broadly, some of these engineering process and culture pieces we're going to continue to post there. So that's definitely the best place.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be putting a link to, the, uh, to that in the show notes. That's fantastic. Um, listen, Mark, this has been an absolute blast. I really appreciate you taking the time tonight. Thank you so much. Thanks, Pat. It was great. Thank you very much, Mark, for, for that conversation. That was a lot of fun. It was really, really interesting to speak with, uh, with someone who, who had such a, a clear idea. Of what culture meant to him for this 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 big kind of nebulous concept for many it was really concrete for Mark so it was it was really really interesting to to dig into that. A few things that jumped out to me throughout the chat. Uh, first and foremost was this idea that engineering culture can express itself externally as a brand, and I I really honestly I'd never heard that that way of framing things before. But this idea that it be something that people understand about the way an engineering organization works without even existing within that organization, it's a way to to promote and establish what that organization is all about. And to me, if you're able to do that, if you're able to brand yourself through culture, if people just get what it's like to work there and want to work there as a result, that that's incredibly powerful. But both, both as a Uh, recruitment tool, obviously, but also to retain excellent employees and really drive strong performance. The next thing that Mark mentioned that I thought was important was that culture becomes incredibly important in an era where engineers can work anywhere. We as society have been moving towards remote work Um, and and really flexibility of place with respect to knowledge work. But the pandemic has really driven that to the next level. And where everyone has access to really interesting organizations and interesting problems and fascinating technology, culture really becomes that X factor. What kind of a place do you want to work at is a question that, that people are starting to ask themselves more and more. So, as engineering leaders, you need to establish what kind of place is my engineering organization. So, this is becoming more and more and more important. This this uh, X factor, I think, is what what Mark uh, called it. The next thing that Mark mentioned that I think is incredibly important for large teams, for scaling teams, is the importance of asynchronous communications. And maybe this is really standing out to me because I, I'm I'm feeling the the pain of of being stuck. In, in a culture of synchronous organization right now professionally but it, it's true it, and it's 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 simple the way he puts it is that at a certain point an organization is too big in order for all comms or the majority of comms to be done synchronously and that's a cultural thing right and and it's easy to think of it as more of a Marvel logistics or operations thing but but truly it's cultural because it's it's In my mind, culture best expresses itself through the questions we do not ask. And what I mean by that is if you need to talk to someone, if the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, well, I'll schedule a meeting, that's that's part of that team's culture. That's part of the culture of your organization. That's just the way things work around here. If I need to talk to someone, I'll schedule a meeting. So when Mark talks about needing to move over to asynchronous communication, Yes, there's a logistics problem there, and yes, you do have to figure out the mechanics of who's going to write what down and, and where will it be accessed, sure. But that those are not difficult problems. The difficult problem is for the organization to adopt it culturally, for it to become part of that set of unwritten rules. This is how we do things because this is what makes sense. Finally, the last thing that I thought was really important from what Mark said was was this idea of value-fit culture add for new hires. And really thinking about as you grow a team, as people come into your organization, that that person brings more than just a skill set. They also bring a mindset. They also bring a certain uh, set of beliefs about the world and how work should work. And, And to really pay attention to that as you bring people on such that they will Add to your culture and help you establish the culture that you were trying to establish and grow it and improve it. This is a really clever idea, I think. Uh, it, on on Mark's part is is to really try to grow a culture as you grow the team by growing people who who bring that right that right mindset and who can really establish the kind of culture that you are looking to establish. Yes, this is slow. Yes, this is hard. It's it's very difficult to make sense of how a given person through an interview for example is going to contribute to team culture but you've got to try and uh, i thought i thought that was a really really clever idea on his part so thank you once again mark that was uh, a really uh, a fascinating conversation and i think an important one right now if you'd like to check out any of the uh, links or resources we mentioned you can find those in the show notes at engineeringandleadership.com/episode36 next up we've got the engineering and leadership mailbag. Well, my friends, you know how this works. This is the part of the show where I read your messages and answer your questions. I promise to read everything you send me, and I promise to read my favorites right here on the podcast. Daniel Zandi and I have been trading messages back and forth over the last little while. He reached out initially to thank me for my work uh, and, and to just touch base and connect. So you are most welcome, Daniel. Super excited to learn more about you and your career. Jean Shu shared an article on LinkedIn related to hybrid workplaces. You may remember my mentioning Jean's name here a little while ago. Uh, she is VP of Engineering at Range, uh, which is a really cool tool for, for syncing up asynchronously which I suppose is a contradiction of terms, but I think I think you understand what I'm trying to say, uh, for, for, for asynchronous collaboration, which is really interesting because Mark did mention how important that was, especially for uh, growing teams. Anyway, Gene left this comment um, sharing an article on Range's website talking about hybrid workplaces, which is a, a conversation I had with Robin Rosenberg here a few episodes back. So I'll be sharing that article in the show notes. Thank you very much, Gene. Look forward to having you on the show sometime soon. And finally, Jessica Fazio mentioned how interesting she found episode thirty, and that was all. Uh, episode thirty was all about leading yourself, uh, which uh, is a, a topic near and dear to my heart. And she said she'll be working to implement what she learned there. So thank you very much for reaching out, Jessica. Really glad to uh, to hear you enjoyed it, and glad to hear that uh, it inspired you to some sort of uh, some sort of action. That that's hugely gratifying for me. So thank you once again. Thanks to all of you who reached out over the last couple of weeks. If you'd like to chat with me or leave a comment, please do so on LinkedIn. Easy to find me there or leave a comment on the episode show notes. That's all the time we have for the show today. I'll be back next week with our next episode. If you enjoyed the show, please hit the subscribe button and please leave an honest review. Let me know what you thought was most interesting for today's show. Reviews help me make the show better and help others find the show as well. For more information and links to the resources mentioned today, just go to the show notes at engineeringandleadership.com slash episode 36. Until next time, this is Pat Sweet reminding you that if you're going to be anything, be excellent. You've been listening to the Engineering and Leadership Podcast with Pat Sweet. If you'd like to learn more, go to engineeringandleadership.com where you'll find more free articles, podcasts, and downloads to help engineers thrive. That's engineeringandleadership.com.